0: Well, I wonder. I wonder what people think when they hear the word obedience, what comes to your mind when you hear that word obedience. For some it might be a teacher on a power trip, for others it might be a misogynistic husband, for others still it might be strict parents, or for people in my house it's probably Caesar Milan putting unruly dogs in the place. But depending on all of our backgrounds, we might have different views on what obedience means and what obedience looks like. But I wonder how many of us, when we think of the word obedience, associate it with the word joy. Well, today we're going to look at how true joy is found in true obedience. So if you'd like to turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 15 to 25. We're going to read God's word and then we'll see what God has to say about joy and obedience. So, just to, to give you some context, this passage that we're looking at is found during the Passion Week. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. Jesus has already washed the disciples' feet. He's shared about his betrayal by peter uh sorry by judas and the denial by peter and then he comforts the disciples about sharing that once he has died and uh rose again that he will ascend and one day return to make everything new he explains that he is the way to the father and he also talks about how he and the father will send the holy spirit and this brings us to uh, chapter 14 verse 15 where it says if you love me keep my commands and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, has power. And we pray that as we look at your word tonight, that you will speak to us, that you will challenge us and you will make us more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. So let's look at verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. So Jesus is explaining to his disciples then and to us, the church today, that if we love him, then we will obey him. So what is it that we are to obey? What is his words? What are his commands? Well, his commands are his word, his word, the Bible, the gospel. Jesus isn't telling the disciples or us that it's our obedience that earns God's love. Jesus is quite clear that God first loved us, and we see this in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John also teaches this in 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 to 10 where he says in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in this love not that we have loved God but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. But when we, we think about love, many of us will think uh, 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 about how many of us have fell in love in the past. Often when human beings fall in love, the object of their love has to earn that love. Whether it's through good looks, whether it's few. Humour, whether it's through talent, money, or power, or even whether it's because of our own desperation to have a personal need met. And this is true regardless of what we love, whether it be a pet dog who wins our affection with its puppy dog eyes, whether it's a boy band that earns our affection with its dulcet tones and groovy dance moves, or whether it's a cream cake that wins... Uh, your affection through its taste sensation. It could be a best friend or a husband or a wife, but all of these things have to compete with our affections to earn our love. And this reality can leave many of us thinking that God gives his love in a similar way. And that if we want to be loved and accepted by God, then we must earn it. Yet fortunately, God isn't like us. God's love is perfect. God's love is pure. And God's love is given to those who hate him. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus is clear that we don't have to obey God to earn his love. We obey God because we love him. And the reason we love him is because he first loved us. But there are times when obeying God will seem like a chore, especially when we do it out of fear, and especially when we do it out of fear of rejection. And I wonder this evening, if we ask ourselves, are we secure in God's love tonight? Do we really know that God loves us? Or are we trying to earn it through our works? We need to ask ourselves, is our obedience a a joyous expression of our love? Or is it a fearful reaction to avoid rejection? The verses go on and say... And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day you will realise that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. So Jesus is now explaining to his disciples that even though he will be leaving them to go to the cross, that he, God the Son, along with God the Father, will send the Holy Spirit. This is a, 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 an introduction to how the Trinity will work together for the salvation And fellowship of God's people verse 19 Jesus goes on and explains that after his death and resurrection and before his ascension back to his father's right hand side in heaven that he will visit the disciples this is cementing their knowledge that he is God the son and if we look at verse 17 It says that the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is is reminding the disciples that salvation and obeying God is down to a gift of the Holy Spirit. But what he's also saying is not only is your salvation and obedience a gift from the Spirit that you can't have one without the other that to obey you need the spirit and if you disobey then you can't have the spirit romans 8 5 17 says that those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires the mind governed by the flesh is death but the man governed by the spirit is life and peace the man governed by the flesh is hostile to god And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to you and to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You see, as unbelievers, we lived according to the flesh. And we were controlled by our sinful desires of the flesh. We were hostile to God and unable to submit to God's law. We were unable to please him. It was impossible for us to obey Jesus. Yet now as believers we have the gift of the Spirit. We have our minds set upon what the Spirit desires. And now we are able to be obedient to Jesus. Some people have known me for a while. Uh, might have noticed that sometimes I display some characteristics of ADHD. Some of these characteristics uh, lead to certain compulsions that I often irritate and annoy my family and friends. In fact, they annoy anyone who spends any length of time with me. When I was a child, every day I would find myself outside the headmaster's office. It'd be for being rude, for for being reckless or for rankling. And he would be in my face, screaming at me with his coffee breath, spitting in my face as he shouted. And he asked me, why are you here again? Why do you continue to do, insert whatever stupid thing I said or did on that particular time of day? And whenever he asked me, why did I do it? I would respond by saying, "I, I don't know. And he would say, you, you must know, you can't do things without thinking. I'm like, well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know why I did what I did. I just felt a compulsion to do these things. And I would say these stupid or rude things, or I would behave in a stupid, reckless way. And even now as an adult, I find myself doing things without thinking. Constant leg shaking at the dinner table which winds my wife and children up. Finishing people's sentences off for them. Interrupting people. Saying exactly what I think. Speaking before I think. Starting 15 things and never finishing any of them. I never think about doing these things. They just happen. Uh, They happen naturally and almost involuntarily. And in a similar way... Before we were Christians, sin and disobedience was natural and involuntary to us. We were slaves to sin. Yet now, as Christians, the desire to obey Jesus starts to feel natural and it becomes almost involuntary how we want to serve and be obedient to Him. Because now we have gone from being slaves to sin to becoming slaves to God. But even still, There are times when obeying God seems like a chore, especially when we try to do it in our own strength. The verses go on and say, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us? and not to the world. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and we will make our home with them. You see, in verse 21 and in verse 23, Jesus sandwiches Judas, not the betrayer, but probably uh, the brother of this other bloke, oh, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but it's not Judas the betrayer. He sandwiches his question about Jesus will only show himself to the disciples with a statement about love and obedience. A statement that shows that obedience and love are linked. Jesus also says that the prize for obedience is fellowship with God. What he's saying is if you love me and you love my word, then my father is going to love you because he loves me. And he loves my words. This is the gospel. From the garden when God created man and woman to be in fellowship with him. Yet the desire to, to disobey God meant that they brought sin into the world and chaos and destruction. And they were kicked out of fellowship with God. To the point of Jesus coming giving up everything in heaven to to come and live as as the God-man, to come and live a life of obedience that we should have lived but couldn't live. To us, knowing that if we trust in the perfect life and death and resurrection, uh, ascension and future return of Jesus, that we can be forgiven and adopted and be brought back into this fellowship with our Father in heaven. You see, the fall and the The separation from God was a result of disobedience. And our salvation is a result of the perfect obedience of Jesus. It's a a result of this love shown by God the Father to us while we were still sinners. And this, along with the the love and power of the, the Holy Spirit, enables us to repent for our sins. To be restored to God. And to love and to obey him. And this remains that we have a renewed fellowship with God the Father. What Jesus is saying is God's love for us results in our obedience to him which results in our fellowship being restored with him. What Jesus is saying is the prize for our obedience is fellowship with God. But there are times when obeying God seems like a chore, especially when we're seeking a prize other than God himself. When I was a young man, I was constantly in the gym. I was constantly cycling and, and doing martial arts. I ate the right foods. I constantly read up on the latest fat exercise and the latest fad diet, the latest protein powder and the, the latest health aid. Many would say that I was fitness mad, But that wasn't true. I was spending all those hours in the gym, not because I enjoyed it, but because I wanted to look big and strong. And the reason I wanted to look big and strong was I wanted to intimidate men and attract women. At that time in my life, I worked as a bouncer and I was single. So my prize was to avoid being beaten up and to find a wife. That's why I struggle to motivate myself in the gym today. (laughs) I now have the prize. I'm married, and I don't have to worry about intimidating men, because Rachel does that for me. (sighs) You see, (laughs) somebody can understand that. Oh. If I'd exercised <laughs> if I'd exercised every day because I enjoyed the gym I wouldn't look like this today. <laughs> but the gym was never my prize. And in a similar way we can be like that with God. Often we try God in the hope that being obedient will get us a prize other than fellowship with him. And I wonder if you've ever had A couple of weeks where your prayer life, your devotions, your good works have been on point. You've loved your family well. You've loved your neighbours well. You've even loved some of your enemies well. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you you get a sucker punch that just totally throws you. And you find yourself crying out, why Lord, why? Whether it's because you found yourself putting in the wrong fuel in your car or whether it's because you suddenly become ill or you've suffered a bereavement and this bad news is the last thing that you expected. And it's the last thing that you've expected because you've been so obedient for the last few weeks and your prize has subconsciously become what you want from God rather than God himself. I wonder if that's just me. I wonder if that is common Jesus goes on and says anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me so Jesus now tells his disciples that if anyone fails to obey Jesus then they can't love him he is clear that obedience signifies not only God's love for his people and their love for him, but that disobedience shows that you cannot love or trust Jesus. What he says is that the disobedient are enemies of God and that if we don't trust and follow the commandments of Jesus, If we don't trust the words of Jesus, then we can't love God the Son or love God the Father. And this isn't what Jesus is saying. Jesus isn't saying that as Christians we don't make mistakes. Jesus isn't saying as Christians we are sinless or that we never get things wrong. Jesus is saying that when we do sin, that when we do make mistakes, when we do think get things wrong and when we do disobey him, that because of the spirit inside us but because of his love for us and our love for him, that we will be brought to repentance, that we will acknowledge our sin and that we will ultimately do what Jesus commands. But what also he's clear about is that if we constantly refuse to obey the word of God, then it's obvious that we don't love him. And there are times that when we obey God, it seems like a chore. And that is often because we love our way more than his. I've mentioned before that people from Middlesbrough are fussy eaters. They're picky with the food and because of this, they love a restaurant called the World Buffet. For example, if you're not a fan of Indian food, but you love poppadoms, you can get a plate full of d'oms and leave the rest of the food that you don't like. If you're a fan of Chinese, uh, sorry, if you're not a fan of Chinese, but you love noodles, you can get some of them and add chips and pizza and parmo and make your own mishmash of a meal. You see, picky food eaters love buffets because you can pick what you like and leave what you don't. And in a similar way, that is what we can be like with the word of God. We can pick and choose what we like and ignore and neglect what we don't. Women preachers, same-sex marriage, sex before marriage, divorce and remarriage, abortion, euthanasia, hell and judgment are just some of the things that Christians love to debate and argue about. Hot topics and many people like to tell each other what they think about a particular issue. They often tell you what they think or what they feel. Yet their opinion, my opinion, your opinion, it's it's all irrelevant. It's not what we say or think that matters. What matters is what God says in his word, the Bible. And being told that you must forgive is tough. Especially when you've been hurt by someone. Being told you must stay celibate and single because you have a a same-sex attraction is tough, especially when you're feeling lonely. Being told you mustn't work for cash in hand when you're skint and relying on benefits is tough. Being told you can't have a relationship with a non-Christian can be tough, especially when the likelihood of meeting another Christian is slim because of where you live and where you worship. Submitting to your husband and honouring your mother and father is tough. Yet it becomes easier when you love God more than revenge, when you love God more than sex, when you love God more than relationships, when you love God more than yourself. Jesus is clear in these verses how we should live and worship him. He gives us his word. Our personal preferences are irrelevant. Whatever we do to the word of God is sinful. Whatever we want contrary to the word of God is sinful. And Jesus is is clear on that. He's clear that it's not up to us to decide what is right or wrong. We have his word for that. We don't decide what is right or wrong. And we shouldn't stay silent when the word of God attacks our idols. You see, God sets the rules, not us. And the more we love God, the more we understand his glory. And the more we understand his love for us, the more we will appreciate his rules. And I wonder now after hearing about God's love for us, what do we think when we hear the word obedience? I hope you will associate obedience with joy. A joy that comes from knowing that obedience doesn't come from a fear of God, but rather comes from his love for us. A joy that comes from an, a knowledge that obedience isn't about how hard we work. It's about the work that Jesus has already done for us on the cross. And I hope it brings a joy from knowing that our obedience results in the perfect price. Fellowship with our God, our King and our Heavenly Father. Let's close in prayer.